Amen. Once you've greeted someone with a smile and ah, allow the Lord to hug you, he's going to hug you some more in the next few moments. You may be seated. Good to see everyone. Amen. Looking forward to releasing the burden of the word of the Lord. Amen. Why he would choose me, I still can't explain it, but I know he's in love with us. And if he'll use me, know this, he can definitely use you. No, you're exactly right. We need to get that energy about our identity in him. You know, at New Life, we use the Bible as our key reference point. And the reason we do is not because of what most of the religious world will tell you, it's God's word. We, we utilize the Bible because Jesus is recorded in it. And uh, he gives us examples of his life through the ones who penned about him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, um, and then when you begin to look at his life, his example, you know that he came in the volume of that book. He came in the volume of that book. And that, amen, he is the truth manifested today because of example. God in flesh. God in flesh. In the beginning was the Word. And there was a Word that came forth out of God's mouth that even the scientists of our, in our world right now have come to conclusion that there had to be a, a greater architect involved. Amen. We know that because we experience it, him. Amen. We know that because we've embraced him and what he's done in our life. We, we can't explain it, but we know it. Amen. Let there be light. <sighs> Amen. And that light came in flesh 2,000 years ago. And today we're still beholding his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Anybody need some mercy today? Anybody need some encouragement today, some hope today? Our daddy, the true daddy, amen, wants you to know that's his delight is to give you more grace, more mercy, amen, to be compassionate to you on this journey, amen, of experience him on the next level. And so wherever you are in life, the enemy will beat you up. That's his job, make you feel bad, ashamed, guilty, depressed. And that's evidence that there's darkness at work and a liar at work. He's a liar. Jesus can't lie. He come to whosoever will. He can forgive anybody. The only thing that he cannot forgive is unforgiveness. So if I've got a problem with someone, amen, I want to forego the problem as soon as possible because I need 
Jesus in my life. And my attitude toward you can block him from being Lord in my life. Anybody mad at anybody? Anybody upset? Or anybody would like to give someone a piece of their mind? Amen? Did y'all know that professed believers have issues with darkness? Amen. And so Jesus came so that we'd have life and life more abundantly. That means this thing don't get less abundant. It gets more abundant. Amen. And it's from one glory to the next that God is bringing us out of darkness into marvelous light. I've been in ministry over 40 years. My wife and I have uh, loved on people for over 40 years in ministry, but you know what? We're still coming into more light, and we're still repenting. We're still, amen, submitting ourselves to the mighty hand of God, not because he's making us, but because he's inviting us into something I just can't turn down. And it's something about arrogance and pride that won't help him get in there. It's humility, brokenness, and contrite, a submissive spirit, a, a humble spirit that helps me move into places I want to be. Amen. And so today we're, we're, we're talking about what really matters most. And I didn't get through last week for a reason. And... Um, what the Lord's wanting us to be encouraged with today, amen, is that uh, the best is yet to come. He, he gives us this transforming, empowering experience with him so that we can have true peace, amen, and experience his delight, which is his mercy. And in so doing, what he gets in return is to be joined with us. Mm. He wanted to be joined with humanity from the very beginning. Humanity decided, no, I think we'll try it on our own. Anybody ever done that? And our father, Adam, made a decision with his wife, Eve, and they decided to try it on their own. And so we got all these consequences going on in our world right now because of a bad choice not to be joined with God. Still happening. But God wouldn't quit. God decided, I'm, I'm going to have a relationship. I'm in love with them. I mean, they're rejecting me, and, and I, I'm still in love with them. Ever, any, any parent been rejected by your children before? And so the enemy worked a lie into humanity, and Jesus comes as truth in flesh and gets rejected even more. He gets ridiculed even more. He gets hung on a cross, and the ones he loved kills him. And he dies because he's in love. Amen? And so it is, because of his sacrifice, we're here today, and he won't quit on us. He's so long-suffering. He's so patient. <sighs> he puts it with me. And he'll use me to encourage someone when I don't deserve to be used by him to encourage anyone. 
Anybody understand what we're talking about here? And so for the next few moments today, I want to, to just give away what the Lord gave me and be transparent to you about where I am and the guy in the mirror. And hopefully you'll get some gold out of it. You'll get some hope out of it. You'll get some, I, I think I can. No, I know I can will come out of it. And with God, all things are possible. Amen. So our world needs fixing. A lot of things need fixing, right? And, and we, 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 I think we understand that God's not asking us to fix anything. But are we tempted to try to fix stuff, fix relationships, fix, amen, our finances, fix all kinds of stuff that is just out of order? And so I have come to realize that, amen, when we begin to note that he's so into us walking with him and joining with him, you and I being joined with him can experience this true peace that only God can give, amen, and we can be the benefactors, amen, of experiencing the kingdom of God. Heaven has come to earth. Amen. I want to read a few passages of scripture here. Since we do come from the Bible, amen. And um, in Philippians 3, or rather Philippians 2, Paul is convinced, amen, that Peter needs to be corrected for his attitude towards people that he sees as less than him. You see, Peter and most of the disciples that were walking with him, even Paul, were taught that they were God's chosen people. And they hadn't got that leaven out, amen, of being better than the rest of the human world. And Paul decides that he's not going to let Peter hold some precious people captive with feeling like they're less than him. Has anybody ever felt in this room felt less than the next person before you always thought well you know i wish god would use me but i'm not good enough they they're good enough and so okay lord i'll i'll defer and let them be used by you use them lord and we really mean that because we feel bad about feeling the way we feel about our identity and so paul challenges peter and and matter of fact, they kind of got into, as I said last week, a little quarrel, a little strife there. And after Peter is challenged by Paul, this letter is, you know, inspired in the spirit. And Paul writes to the Philippians, be free from pride-filled opinions, for they'll only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Well, pastor, you just got through telling me that I'm important. Amen. And, and I need to know who I am. Well, this is how you can step into true identity. When you begin to see from God's land on how valuable everybody is, abandon every display of selfishness, Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of what your own interests are. 
And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Let his mindset become your motive. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. God's delight today is to show you mercy as you develop in this kind of thinking, in this kind of attitude. Amen. So remember this, ladies and gentlemen, your past in reference to your identity, and I underline that, in reference to your identity is meaningless. Your past in reference to the way you see yourself is meaningless. You got to catch that. How many times you were called names when you were a child? How many times that, amen, you felt a certain way and that developed an idea of who you are, but it's not a kingdom identity. So anything in your past in reference to your identity, Jesus says because of his blood and because of his sacrifice, it's meaningless to him. Amen. What matters most is the transforming power of this new creation life. Amen. Everybody who embraces and pursues the presence that you're feeling in the room right now, you pursue that. Amen. That person and persons, our small group, will experience true peace and God's delight. Amen. And the enemy hopes you don't believe that today. He hopes that you will not get that revelation Amen, of what really matters most to God. So, since we understand that the 12 had issues that were following Jesus, it's not that I'm saying it's okay, but it's okay that you have issues. The problem you see with yourself, God is okay with that. Because what it's going to do is create a dynamic to where you will trust him more because he can handle it. And he will set me and you free from the issues that we have in our life. And I'm calling them issues for the moment, okay? We'll, we'll call it what it really is here in the next little bit. But right now, let's just call it issues. Amen? Ideas, character traits, you know, flaws in our life that we have. God can work with that because he's the light. He can come right in the middle of darkness and turn the lights on. And then the next thing you know, you'll begin to realize, oh, my goodness, I've been in bed with that. <laughs> I've been in fellowship with that. And you go to church and you're in fellowship with it. You believe in Jesus, and that is there, whatever that is. Amen? And so the 12 are having heartburn after Jesus goes to the cross, and they're all hidden in a room having lunch, belly aching about all the stupid stuff that's been going on. And they heard Jesus talk about everything that was going to happen. And they're belly aching. And so Jesus sends Mary Magdalene from his grave. 
site where he meets with her after he's resurrected and says, go tell them. Well, she does, and they still ain't getting it. He meets with two of his other, uh, probably of the 70, on their way to Emmaus, and he joins himself with them, and he noticed that they were downtrodden, and, and their spirits were not where it needs to be, and he joined with them and asked them what's going on. And after they got a revelation of who he was, they run back to Jerusalem and tell the other 11. Only got 11 now. And they still wouldn't believe. Now, ladies and gentlemen, every one of us in the room here today has said, well, if I'd have been walking with Jesus. <laughs> right? And you, you really don't realize what you're entertaining today. Some of us really don't get a clue that we're entertaining stuff that we don't really realize is there. And Jesus comes in the room and he corrects them in a very strong way because of their, their uh, as it says here, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after his resurrection. Amen. And he don't stop there. He's, he just gets on to them real good, but he moves on and says, remember, I got a plan for you. <laughs> it would have been awesome had y'all not had been hard-headed but I love you anyway I'm gonna be merciful and let it go and that's exactly what he did and he says now go out and I want you to give the good news to everybody all the human race and when you go tell them everybody that believes and is baptized will be saved he said you're gonna cast out devils you're gonna speak with new tongues you're gonna Amen. Have power over serpents and any poison that you might drink. Amen. You're going to be okay. Don't worry about a pandemic. I've got you covered. I got you. Amen. God's good. And you shall lay hands on the sick, those that let the pandemic in, and they shall recover. Come on, we, we, we're not, we don't have a bad message. We have a good message. It's a message of hope. It's a message of deliverance. It's a message of healing. It's a message of salvation. It's a message, amen, from the king to his kids, amen. He's come from heaven to earth, and he's wanting to pour his glory into the earth. Amen. And so the issues, though, the issues, the issues, the, the uh Things we don't really know what it is, but it's there. Are real, aren't they? What really matters most. He's moving us into a place, amen, where he can reveal his glory through us. But he's got to clean the house out. And he does that with lots of mercy, lots of compassion. Amen. But let me, let me encourage you. He tells the group that, he, <laughs> that followed him, he said, you're going to cast out devils. But you, keep in mind, these signs that follow them that believe, casting out devil, speaking with new tongues, amen. Uh, if you drink any deadly thing or you get bit by a snake, it's not going to harm you. And you're going to lay hands on the sick, they're going to recover. That don't qualify you, the signs. Don't qualify you. What qualifies you is you're joined with him. 
I mean, pause for a minute. you got to catch that. What qualifies you is that you're joined. And when you're joined with him, these things follow. But this is what really was going to get you. This is going to stir you up. Is that can you believe and there be another spirit in the mix? I mean, the Lord showed me this. This is not new for me. It's, it's, he's been revealing. I've been looking at the guy in the mirror quite some time, y'all. And I've been addressing challenges that I knew were very spiritual. But you don't know how many of these spiritual challenges exist in your life. As you go from one glory to the next, more are revealed. Is, is that really the way? Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're being transformed into his image. From glory to glory as by the spirit of the Lord. The spirit is a light. It is a consuming fire. Amen. When God starts something, he's well able to finish it. He knows, amen, darkness. He knows demons. He knows the devil. And I know that right now when you go to church in America, don't talk about demons. But you go to a movie and watch them all the time. Turn your TV on, see them everywhere. Just don't talk about them at church. Right? But we're talking about what really matters. And we don't want the enemy to have any place in none of us, do we? So we want to take his influence out at every level we can. And you're in a process. This is this sort of make you excited. Areas where you think you can't get victory, the Lord said, oh, yeah. That's part of your identity that I'm establishing in you. You're about to put that under your feet. You're fixing to walk on it. You haven't been, you've been letting it walk on you, but you're about to walk on it. Because you're a pursuer of the very expressed presence of God. In his presence, there's fullness. Anybody get spooked? Well, that tells you that you're entertaining colonel issues right now. But when you entertain the real spirit, capital S, P-I-R-I-T, the Holy Spirit, you don't get spooked. You get full of joy and peace. Fear runs. Doubt flees. Unbelief ah, loses its influence in your life. And you become a true believer. But you got another level to go to. So we don't get all the spooks out. We don't get all the issues dealt with, ladies and gentlemen. And so Jesus said, you know the tree by the fruit it bears. And he goes on and he, 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 he speaks about a group of people. Now get, get this so that you understand this because I'm about to get real honest with you about me. In Matthew 7, 17, so if the tree is good, this tree hosts the presence of God. It listens and it follows. That's a good tree. It produces good fruit. But if the tree is bad, you're going to find out bad means self-willed, refuses to let the Holy Spirit be in lead. It will bear only rotten fruit and deserves to be cut down and burned. You know them by their obvious fruit of the lives and ministries. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the heaven's kingdom 
It's only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father. Another way, they persist. Let's get that. Not being good people. God's not interested in you being good. Only one can be good, and that's God. Because we, we need to deal with that issue too, which is a demon. Amen. The temptation every day is on every one of us to be good. Only one can be good, and that's God. And God is merciful and long-suffering and patient. He'll put up with our attempts to be him. Amen. And keep in mind, we only have identity in him because he freely gives it. It's called his spirit. Amen. Am I giving anybody a license to go do stupid? No, we do it already. Amen. We goof up already. We share our minds when we shouldn't be sharing our minds. And we think because we think it's right and it's dead wrong. The attitude says it is. Anybody get upset because things didn't work out the way you thought they ought to work out? I'm raising my hand first. Amen. That's not the spirit of Christ. And I've entertained that spirit thinking Jesus was okay with it because my thinking is not stinking. Their thinking is. Right? Anybody ever done that before? And so he says this. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdoms, the heaven's kingdom. It's only those who persist in doing the will of the heavenly Father. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Uh-oh. Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles in your name? But I, I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I never, I've never been joined to you. Now, this will help you. This is going to help everybody. Can a believer entertain a dark spirit? Can one who says they believe in Jesus have something in their spirit they shouldn't have? Hmm. This is important for y'all because I've been in ministry over 40 years. And this is, oh look, I'm going to say it like it is one more time, a coffee pot. A coffee pot. I thought that God got his message through to me when he revealed to me he was the owner of the coffee pot. No, he, he really don't care about being the owner or being in charge. That's, that don't turn his crank. Does being in charge or owning anything turn your crank? If it does, you're dealing with a spirit. The need to own and be in charge tells you you need help. I didn't know that, though. I thought that when I found out, and I almost said I do, but I didn't. He said, son, if I own that coffee pot, then make sure you take care of it so that it serves others well. Well, okay, that's the message. I got it. I got all I need until. Y'all ready? Until I come in one morning and I was anticipating a cup of coffee. And I could smell it. It hadn't even been brewed yet. 
that's pretty good anticipation, right? And so I was excited about getting my cup of coffee. I didn't know that the Lord was going to meet me there at the coffee pot that he owns and reveal something about me that wasn't good. I hope this is helping somebody. So when I get to the coffee pot, I noticed that it wasn't clean like it should be. It needed some help. It needed, I had to get it ready to get a cup of coffee. Anybody feel me yet? You feel that issue? <laughs> and I thought to myself, anybody ever think to yourself before? Guy in the mirror. I'm not preaching to nobody. I hope you get encouraged today because this is good news. I thought to myself, well, why didn't the last person? And you finish it. And the Spirit of God came in the kitchen. And it mm, pricked my spirit. And I heard King James translation. And the King James says it this way. And I mean, it was coming in my spirit right now. Thou art, <laughs> if you hadn't read King James, here you go. <laughs> Thou art inexcusable, O wretched man that you are. When you judge someone, you're guilty of the same thing. And the Lord let me know, son, he said, that's not me, and that's not my mind. That's not how I think. And that day I found out I was dealing with a dark spirit that had been there quite some time. Now, keep in mind, I don't know if I agree with Paul's writing. Maybe Paul was having a bad day when he wrote that. Because from my lens, it's only fair. From the way I think, I mean, I've been keeping it clean the last few days. Why can't they do it the same thing? <laughs> I'm trying to be animated. I didn't do it like that, but my spirit... That's what the Lord's impressing me to do is to get animated for you so you can catch on that when, I'm, when I go there, I'm not pursuing his presence. And his delight was to meet me there dealing with some darkness that has been in my life for decades. And the truth came and started setting me free. A coffee pot. A coffee pot. And so he wasn't trying to reveal to me he owns anything or that he needs to be in charge. He was trying to reveal to me his desire to be in fellowship with me. And I was allowing an idea that was handed down to me 
to justify a demon that had to go. Oh, you, you went on ahead and said it. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Think of others as being more important than yourself. Why? What are you saying, Pastor? He's telling me if I will please him and serve others, he'll take care of me. Now, another demon is when you try to please somebody and think that's serving him. That's another demon. There's no possible way that you can please any person in this world and serve Jesus. But we buy into that lie all the time. And we get sucked in, and all it does is wear you out trying to please people. And next thing you know, you're blaming God because you've been a good person all day serving everybody, trying to please everybody. And what has the devil purpose to do? To wear out the saints of God. And you don't even realize it. You've bought into it. You've embraced it. You think it's Christ. It's all it is is an angel of light that's come to you as Jesus, but it's not the true Jesus. And Jesus says to all of us, well, I didn't want to be deceived. I didn't want to buy into things that I thought were you, God. And all we had to do was pause for station identification and feel after him. And the moment you feel after him, he suddenly comes to his temple. This is not a hard thing, ladies and gentlemen. You have been given by God the anointing and the identity and the power to put everything to the test by hosting his presence. He wants your life and my life to be light and easy. The ministry in the Old Testament operated in the temple with linen on because he wanted it to be no sweat. This Christian life is not to get beat up in. You'll get beat up, but you'll you'll have a smile on your face at the end of the day, and you'll be rested. What upset Nero... When the Christians were being fed to the lions and all the things they were doing to the Christians, it infuriated him because he was hosting probably Satan himself. But the faces of those that were martyred, amen, had smiles on their face and no fear. And he couldn't figure that out. Pastor, are you trying to fix a bit kill for Jesus? Well, let me, let's say it this way. Go ahead and deny yourself now. Amen. In other words, make a decision to live as Christ, to die as gain. Go ahead and decide today that the guy or the girl in the mirror that you do all the time is going to stay in the grave because that's the best thing you can do for having true peace, amen, and enjoying the kingdom of God coming into your life and through you to the people around you. What really matters most, ladies and gentlemen, is that God wants to be joined 
to us. He wants to be joined to. Let me read you something that will bring validation and greater hope to us as we move forward. Amen. In Romans 2, 1 through 5, it says, No matter who you are, before you judge the wickedness of others, you had better remember this. You are also without excuse, for you too are guilty of the same kind of things. Well, no, I didn't murder nobody. Has anybody ever gossiped before? It's called murder. You just kill someone else's, amen, influence when you spoke evil about them. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, when you consider this, well, I, I, I'm not, I don't go down to the red light district and do those, that stuff. Yeah, but you, you do other things, and you put them in a, a box. Have you checked your box out lately? That's what Paul's saying. He said, when you judge others and then do the same thing they do, you condemn yourself. We know that God's judgment falls upon those who practice these things. God is always right because he has all the facts. And no matter who you think you are, when you judge others who do these things and then do the same thing yourself, and he's talking about just simply offense, unforgiveness, sin, what makes you think that you will escape God's judgment? Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Have you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. God's delight is to be merciful. He'll let me hurt somebody's feelings and he'll be merciful and invite me a way out of it. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your hearts and lead you into repentance? But because of your calloused hearts and refusal to change direction, you are piling up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. Now, figuring all that out, we'll just leave that up to him since he's the righteous judge. He's not beating anybody up. Did you know that what comes on me as wrath is my own decision? It's not God. He does not want anybody to suffer wrath. Matter of fact, he went all the way to the cross to block it. And every waking day that I get up, God is there inviting me to come go with him and let him be joined with me. But I get pulled in because there's other issues still present. And by the way, I like doing things a certain way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when everybody gets my revelation of how it should be done, then we'll know God is in the house. <laughs> That's how messed up the guy in the mirror is. And he wants out of the grave every day. To prove his point, which is an alliance. Come on, that's the old me. He's in alliance with death and darkness and demons. Amen. Now, let me ask you a question. 
You see someone mess up, and I mean they really royally mess up. Well, they ought to clean their mess up. Right? And our idea of maturity equals something different than God's idea of maturity. Did y'all know that? Did you know there's some 70 and 80-year-old babies in the spirit? That's for real. They actually poop in their spiritual diapers. And they, I'm not talking about depends. I'm talking about being a baby. I'm literally talking about, when have you ever seen a baby mess in its diapers and change itself and clean up the mess and powder its butt? When you do, wherever it's, ain't never happened, has it? And there's people around you that you want to love, but they always got a stinky diaper on. And you're not willing to do anything about it because they don't know how to do it. And they need a mentor in their life. They need some hope. They need, they need a word of encouragement. They need, amen, the extension of our daddy's arms through you and me. And so the Lord was revealing to me evident darkness in my life. And I'm just going to tell you, I grew up influenced by a religious, and thank God for my elders. And, and, and I've had several of my elders repent to me because, man, I, we didn't know how to do it, but we gave you what we had. And, and that's okay. That's right. That, 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 that no, I mean, they were wrong. It was just we were there at that place, and you don't ever despise the day of small beginnings. We're going somewhere. So I'm not bellyaching over their failure to give me what I needed. Now, God's given me a vision that goes well beyond my ability to live in this body and see it. I can see it in vision, but the next generation is going to walk in it. And all I can give them is my journey. All I can give them is the scars I have in my own life, and that's the mantle of God's anointing on my life. And he wants me to show the scars. And I'm still learning how to do that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We want to be real. We want to be transparent. We want to be honest. But I'm picking up in the spirit that even he wants that to be light and easy. He wants us to have fun and put it on him. Amen. Because we belong to him. He owns us. He's our daddy. But if you're having heartburn, you're dealing with unforgiveness. You know you need to be delivered, but you don't know what to do with it. And the same thoughts keep coming back and the same temptations keep happening. The same mistakes keep showing up. In his presence, there's fullness. You mean God will come in the middle of my poopy diaper and change it? Yeah, and he's got special people that says, yes, Lord, and they're right there with him, and he's using their hosting in his presence. They're using, he's using their hands and their mouth to bring hope and good news. It's going to be okay. You can win. 
Boy, it feels good to know God is encouraging the ones he loves. But if I keep hosting this other spirits, it keeps me not joined with him. And their motive is to steal, kill, and destroy our faith. Amen. To take away from us with all their loudness, that still small voice that makes all the difference. Right? And right now, the only hope for our world is you saying, yes, Lord. Here I am, a man or a woman of unclean lips. Here, Lord, here I am. Use me. I know you got a mess to deal with, but... And the Lord says, mm, that's all I need is I need your heart. And I'll change you as we go. I might change your diaper as we go. I'll burp you as we go. I'll give you a loving spanking as we go. And there's something about him giving you a spanking that you know he cares. He didn't abuse you. He loved on you. And you knew he cared enough to point it out and address it. Does anybody need Jesus to come wherever you are and just point out the lie you've been embracing and go into church and say, I believe but you keep embracing something that's not him. <sighs> he come to set us free. Not just in 1974 when I was baptized in the spirit. You mean God's been working on you that long, preacher, and you still got issues? I hope that gives you hope. You mean... You're 60 years old and you had an issue with somebody not cleaning a coffee pot? Yeah, I didn't know I was going to have that issue. I didn't know that after I found out he owned the coffee pot, which I really knew, but I, apparently I didn't, and that I was cleaning it and putting it, making it. Why can't they do the same thing? This, is this hitting anybody yet? Is offenses real? Is unforgiveness real? The one thing God cannot forgive, the one thing that blasphemes him, he's the forgiver, right? Come on, he forgave everybody. The one way you can blaspheme him is hold your brother or sister in prison. Host a revenge, a get-back spirit. Bless God, I'm going to get them back. They'll never do me that way again. Do that. That's one way to blaspheme the forgiver. We're on a journey every day learning how to forgive 490 times in one day. Well, that's definitely going to take Jesus. 490 times in one day, he believes in you. Why does he believe in us? Because he chose us to be his house. He chose us to be where he places life. 
And everybody in this room where you're sitting can be filled with that life on another level right now. Uh-uh. Oh, no, 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 no. As soon as I get my attitude straight, as soon as I fix this, and as soon as I get this right, I'm come, I'm going to start. No, you're not. No. Right with all the junk you got, all the demons you're entertaining, he wants to meet you right there. With all the baggage you're carrying, he wants to meet you right there with all those lying spirits that's talking to you, and he wants to give you an experience with his presence that makes all the difference. When you host his presence, frustration can't stand it. It's got to go. Depression's got to live. Come on, these are demons. They have to flee seven different ways. Whatever's beating you up, you can't sleep at night. God can make that change because he blesses all his kids to get good rest, and he can't lie. And if I'm not getting sleep, it's because I'm entertained. Mm. This body's been getting some extra pains and aches. And the Lord's been telling me, he says, son, I, I, can, I can make you feel good till the day I take you. Do you want that? Yeah, I do. All right, just host my presence. Quit worrying about the fact that you're 60. Don't look at yourself that way. Come to me as a kid. Come to me as a child. That's my kingdom. If Elijah could have the attitude he had and suck his thumb the way he sucked his thumb and complain the way he did to God about it ain't right and finally hear the still small voice that shifted it all. You don't want to be in his path now. He heard God speak. He hosted God. He finally got it. And he went out and fulfilled God's will and a chariot of fire was waiting on him. And Jesus says about you, you're greater than him. Jesus says that about you. You're greater than Elijah. Why? Because of the cross. And my chariot of fire and your chariot of fire is the presence of God. He baptizes us with his presence and fire. How much do you want today? Amen. Could we stand? Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for trusting us with where we are today with all the baggage, with the offenses, the unforgiveness, the sickness, the, the bondage, the financial breakdowns that you didn't put on us, we put it on ourselves. Thank you, Lord, that you can take all this poopy diaper and clean it up. And a fresh start can be made today because of your presence. Thank you for your presence right now. And thank you for a good news message that puts the enemy where he belongs, under our feet. Thank you, Daddy. Whew. Thank you, Father. Anybody want to go deeper into the river? Amen. It's in the river that we what? We come alive. We come alive 
in the river. And there's a man in linen. Come on, it's in your book called the Bible. The prophet saw it, and he's speaking of our day. He's speaking of our day right now. He said, there's a man in linen, and he's beckoning. Come out into deep waters. Some of us are just kind of ankle deep. Yeah, I feel it. Feels good. No, come on out. Some of us are knee deep. I can even feel a little current there. Come out here into waters that you can swim in. The Lord wants to take you. That's his spirit. Come on. He wants to take you with his current so you can see what you've never seen before. Come on. Your troubles can be taken care of right now. Your sickness can evaporate right now. Your offense, whatever who it is, can be over today because of God's delight. What's God's delight? His mercy. Does anybody need a hug so you can give a hug? I do. And if I get enough hugs from heaven, guess what? There's a lot of people going to get a hug. But if I'm not getting a hug from heaven, I'm not going to give any. I don't know how. And some of you don't know how to give away the kingdom because you hadn't let the kingdom come and show you who you really are. And if you find out you're one of daddy's babies and that you're special and he's given you the kingdom, guess what? You'll give the kingdom away. Amen. Guests, thank you for being here today. If you need to leave, you can, but New Life Family is going to hang around. And we're going to host the presence of God and get rid of some baggage today. Get rid of some issues today. Amen. And so I invite you, let's run after him. Let's let him come to us like a rushing mighty wind. Enjoy the presence of God for the next little bit. Amen. Open your spirit up. Anything can happen.